Hey guys, welcome to another episode of NBA PTF. Doing something a little different this week. The NBA draft is six weeks away, and so we decided to take all the number six picks from the last 30 years, so 1990 to 2020, and draft a team of five players just from that pool of players. So uh, stick around and check that out and let us know who you think has the best team of five. Uh, we also touched on some of this past weekend's games, on some more NBA news, talked about Stephen A's claims that Donovan Mitchell is the greatest Utah Jazz player of all time. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the show and as always, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and now here on Spotify at NBA PTF and enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for joining uh, Monday night here. One, let's go ahead and start with um, uh, Hawks Sixers tonight, and I'll start with Garrett here. What is your take on Hawks Sixers, the series, and where the game's going? Um, I think it's really been interesting to see, quite frankly, Ben Simmons not doing hardly anything in game three and still blow out. I think it just shows how good uh, Embiid is and has been even against Capella, you know, one of the league's premier shot blockers. And um, I think this series is all but over. I mean, Trey Young's doing everything he can, but, you know, the Sixers have been good all year and we see, you know, they're able to exploit different matchups. Um and then Embiid, like I said, down low, just scoring 40 points a game. So I think this series is pretty much over. Um, you know, we've we've documented Ben Simmons' shooting struggles, but you can see they almost don't need him. Um, he always has the accolades and thought of as a top player, but <clears throat> seems to be more of a role player, and it's actually uh, been beneficial for this. Yeah, it's also, I think, been interesting uh, to see the Sixers out shooting the uh, Hawks from three the last couple of games. The Hawks definitely are going to need some more of those to fall uh, if they want a chance to come out with this series. Um, Thad, after losing uh, their first game at home, what do you think the Hawks need to do differently uh, this time around to get a win going back to Philadelphia? I mean, obviously they need to try to slow down and bead. I just I don't see that happening. Um, so I think the only way they're going to win is if they start hitting more threes, um, being better behind that arc. Uh, maybe Gallinari start shooting better. Um, I don't think Trey Young can do much more of anything. I mean, he's already doing as much as he can, I think. Um, I agree with G. I uh, definitely think the series is over. I think the Sixers has got that. Um, so, yeah, that's my take. Slow down and beat if you can. Hit more. Th- oh, thank you, Dan. Good call. Um, I don't know who's going to be the one who slows down and beat. Uh Almost had a triple double, triple double the other night, and and then when they needed Ben Simmons to come through, he had 18. So uh, it's definitely going to be a big 
deciding game, I think, for the Hawks. I think they have to get this one, or I think it's pretty much over for them. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. This one's definitely going to be a must-win for them to have any chance in the series, Dave. Um, really, I I just think if they're going to win tonight, they're going to have to be consistent throughout the whole game, and that's the that comes with experience, like you said, and we just, I just don't know if they're there yet. It'd be nice to see if they can do it. I mean, they they lost in the first and the third quarter by a combined 25 points or something like that. It was uh, – or 23 points, sorry. And uh, that's just not going to cut it. You have to at least compete in every quarter, Dave. And uh, I actually am going to disagree with that and Garrett, and I think they tie the series up tonight. Yeah, I, I think the Hawks are going to come out um, on a tear, and I think it'll go out quickly. Um, I think the Sixers will bring it back uh, to a closer game, but I think that the Hawks will pull this one out. Uh, one thing before I move on to the next subject, I was going to say this before we started and I forgot, but um, if you guys would not mute your microphone after you're done talking until the next person starts talking, one thing I've noticed is that on the recordings, it cuts off your guys' last words and my last words if we mute too soon. So just something to think about. Um, real quick, um, we're talking about the Jazz and Clippers game. That's also tonight. I want to get your guys' take um, on what Stephen A. Smith had to say uh, the other night, that Donovan Mitchell is the greatest Utah Jazz player in the history of the franchise. He said, don't talk to me about John Stockton. Don't talk to me about Carl Malone. Donovan Mitchell is the greatest player in Jazz history. Thad, go first. What do you think? He's wild, man. I mean, to take that out of a take with the history that Stockton and Malone have, I would say Mitchell's third. I don't know how he is better than Stockton and Malone. I don't know if that's just a nostalgia thing, remembering how good they were. Um, But I don't think Mitchell's been there long enough or has done enough to be considered the greatest player in that franchise. I agree. Garrett, what's your take? Um, I certainly think he's probably the best scorer that the Jazz have had, but to say he's better than Stockton, Stockton and Malone, I mean, they went to back-to-back finals. Quite frankly, had game six of, of 98, and Jordan makes the incredible steal and hits the game winner in game six, um, you know, that close to being a champion. John Stockton is the, you know, assist leader by a mile and steals, I believe. So, you know, maybe maybe just in a scoring aspect, but but overall I, I don't think there's any comparison. I would take Malone and Stockton, and like Thad said, I'd put Mitchell third. Dan? Yeah, I don't think he – is quite in the Utah Jazz best player of all time yet. I mean, Carl Malone is in the top 10 scoring all time. And I just don't think that he has had quite the career yet. I mean, he definitely has the potential to become the best player for the Jazz, no question, if he stays with them. Um, He's the best scorer, like Garrett said, that they've had. Um, and if he just sticks it out, he definitely could be there. But he's not there yet. Not at all. Forgot not to mute myself. I'm done. <laughs> all good. 
Um, and not even, you know, top 10 for Carmelo and second all time in scoring. And yeah, I, I'm not picking Mitchell over Stockton on my line. You got to get to a finals at least. I mean, come on. That's, you know, whatever. I might even put Adrian Dantley third. Guy had a couple 30 point per game seasons, a phenomenal score. But yeah, it's definitely way too early. Uh, to put Mitchell as the third best jazz player of all time when he hasn't even made it to the finals once. Um, so thanks for that, guys. Um, a couple other things I want to talk about. Um, what about the Nets? That's not so certain anymore. Uh, a couple, I mean, maybe a couple, an hour ago maybe it was announced that James Harden and Kyrie Irving are both out for game five. Um, are we going to have to see the greatest Kevin Durant we've ever seen for the Nets to get out uh, of this round? Garrett? I certainly think he's going to have some incredible – I think he has to, and I think he will have some incredible performances. Um, this is a star-driven league, as we've talked about in previous episodes, and what was looked like a sure thing. I mean, you lose two of the top, you know, two all-stars, and – you know, top 10, 20 guys in the league. Um, it certainly levels the playing field, you know. Now the uh, Nets role players and bench players are becoming, you know, the focal points of the offense, which was crazy. I mean, game three, you know, they have a shot to win it. Durant's carrying them on the back, and uh, Brown takes the, the last shot at the rim. Um, little things like that, you know, and, and maybe if Harden's in the game, you know, they got to de- decide who they're going to, who they're going to guard instead of they got to focus just on Durant there and, and Brown, you know, didn't even hit the rim. So I think Durant's going to have to have a big game and I think that he will. And we just see the, the talent gap of the stars to uh, the role players. I mean, not that they're bad players, but uh, when, when they were in the lineup, I mean, we all thought this series was, was over and I think it was until these injuries. Yeah. Since you brought up uh, Bruce Brown, I want to bring up Kyrie's, uh, comment on that last play where he told uh, Bruce Brown that he should have just dunked it. Do you think dunking on Brooke Lopez is in Bruce Brown's game? I, I don't know if it's in his game, but I think he would have hit the rim at least. <laughs> I mean, you know, that pressure situation, I think he just rushed it. I mean, Lopez, he's a, he's a good shot blocker, seven footer and everything, but to not even hit the rim. And like I said previously, I mean, Durant carried him on his back. You know, he he was unconscious in the fourth down the stretch. So um, I, I don't think Brown expected to have the ball in that situation and maybe maybe a little panic. So, Yeah, that's definitely where inexperience uh, came into effect because I think he got the ball, what, two or three shots up in those last two or three possessions before Durant got that look at the end there. But I think it was, like you said, his panic. He gets the ball. He thinks, oh, I can drive to the hoop. I remember you texting all of us after the first one, like, get the ball to somebody else, and he ends up taking two or three more shots. So definitely it's going to come into effect where these guys off the bench are going to have to get settled down and get ready to play. Um, Fad, what do you oh, think? Real, real quick, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, you can see the pressure of the playoffs because Brown had a good game the first three quarters. And then in the fourth, like I said, I texted you guys, he had three runners right in the lane that, you know, quite frankly, he should have made easily and missed all of them. So I think that inexperience and pressure of the playoffs definitely caught up to him. 
Yeah, and certainly they're missing, um, you know, leadership off the bench. Um, it's going to be even harder now uh, with having just Durant. I mean, they're going to have Kyrie and they're going to have James Harden on the bench, but it's totally different when they're out there on the floor without any help. Uh, they are definitely missing Spencer Denwitie. I think if they would have had him this year, there'd be a whole different story. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they would have traded him at the deadline, but he is supposed to be able to make his way back to the bench uh, by at least the next series if they advance. So, Thad, who do you think has to step up besides Kevin Durant for the Nets to have a chance the rest of the series? Uh, I think Blake definitely has to step up. Um, I mean, no Kyrie, no Harden. Uh, last game, Durant shot nine for 25. I mean, that's not going to cut it either. Um, maybe Joe Harris steps up, hits some big shots. Other than that, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, you're losing two out of your three stars. I mean, like Garrett said, we all thought this series was going to be over. Uh, after the second game when they were just getting, the Bucks were just getting blown out. Now, with two of the stars out, I mean, do we see the Bucks advancing now? That's my big question. Like, I don't think Durant has enough in his wheelhouse to carry the entire team on his back. I mean, isn't that why he went to the Warriors? He couldn't do it by himself? Yeah, and I'm I'm interested in how the Bucks as a team, other than Antetokounmpo and Middleton, are concerned because those guys literally had, what, 69 or 70 of the 80, what, two, three points? I mean, surely the Bucks, as bad as the Nets played, got, and I don't want to say lucky, but maybe they did get lucky. Dan, what do you think? What I mean, the Bucks are the Bucks yeah, going to have to have only I, Middleton, Giannis? Honestly, don't know how they won that game, eighty six eighty three, Dave. To be honest, it was, it was just had to be the perfect situation because the Nets averaged well over a hundred points per game, and to only score eighty three, and it was what in the first quarter, thirty two points from the Nets, and nobody else scored except for Giannis. Thirty to, uh, 30 to eleven, yeah, thirty to eleven into <laughs> the first, yeah. Yeah, and they still almost came back and won, but man, I this this series has been crazy. Lots of injuries. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's just drama for the NBA. I mean, it feels like it to just bring the series back to two to two, and now Harden or Kyrie will come back. They'll maybe lose this game and then come back game six and draw it to game seven, just so we can draw out the series and the Nets win anyways, or I mean, it would be interesting to see, you know, Kevin Durant, who hasn't been able to put a team on his back and carry them through a big series like this and be another step up and uh, put him further on the all-time career, you know, players of all time. So this would be a big step up, in my opinion, if Kevin Durant was able to put a team on his back like LeBron did when he was on the Cavs for all those years. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, this is a good point. This is definitely a, uh, I think, a legacy-deciding uh, series for Durant. 
Uh, before we move on, uh, Dan, are you still comfortable in the Nets winning this series, or do you think uh, Milwaukee has a chance? If uh, Kyrie or James Harden doesn't come back, I think that the Milwaukee Bucks will win it. Gary, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, when they were talking about Harden kind of day-to-day, uh, that injury didn't seem that serious to me. And then when Kyrie got hurt, I'm like, oh, he's definitely going to play game five, and I believe that he's not now. So that leads me to believe that his injury is a little more serious. And like like we talked about, these role players, they haven't been in the spot, you know, to carry a team. So I think the Bucks with – if Kyrie and Harden are both hurt the rest of the series, I think the Bucks have it. Um, if either one of those come back, I would go. I agree. Uh, Thad? Uh, yeah, I think the injuries are just too big for the Nets. Um, now, I think if Harden would come back, uh, I think it's a different ballgame. I think the Nets could definitely win, even if Kyrie is out the rest of the series. Um, but if they're both out, I think it's the Bucks to win or the Bucks to lose. Sorry. Um, if Giannis can stay on his game, um, Lopez, uh, hit some big shots, stay consistent off the board. I'm definitely interested. This is my one playoff series that I'm like drawn to now since these injuries have happened. Just because we all thought it was over, now the Bucks could definitely win this thing. It just depends if those star players come back or not. Yeah, I'm interested just in the Kevin Durant aspect. I think this might be the – I don't want to sound harsh, but this might be the worst team Kevin Durant has had around him without Kyrie and James Harden. Um, so I'd be interested to see if he can pull – like a 2016 LeBron and bring this team out of nowhere um, when everybody thinks maybe it might be over and take them to a championship. Um, I mean, I'll be impressed if they can get out of this round with just Durant if the other two don't come back. That's going to be super impressive. Um, but I don't know. If they don't come back, it's hard hard to see uh, the Nets going any further. The last thing I want to touch on before uh, we move on to our draft here um, is uh, Jokic. Um, a couple uh, history-making things happened last night. Um, Jokic becomes the first MVP since Magic Johnson in 1989 to be swept out of the playoffs. And he becomes the first MVP since 2016 to be ejected from a playoff game. Uh, 2016 was when, if you remember, game six... Uh, the year that the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. Steph threw his mouth guard into the stands, hit a fan, and uh, he got ejected for that. It was a blowout, and he had already just he had just fouled out. So this Jokic thing uh, was way more uh, hurtful towards the Nuggets. I mean, third quarter, so I don't even think it's a 10-point game at this point, and the Jazz, or the Jazz, the Nuggets are facing elimination, and you have the reigning MVP who, except for maybe brushing the nose of Cameron Payne is going for the ball. Are you surprised, uh, starting with Dan, are you surprised that Jokic got ejected from this game last night? I mean, I was very surprised. Um, to have the MVP 
of the season, you got to give some sort of, you know, leniency there. I mean, he, obviously he's frustrated because they can't get a win. Uh, he's doing all that he can, but he didn't have that good of a game for an MVP caliber player like himself. And he, they're just struggling, Dave. So it's frustrating, I know, but I don't think he deserved it. But what can you do? You got to move on. Series is over. Garrett, what do you think? Was that a deserving ejection? I hated it for the Nuggets and for him. Um, if if this was an 80s, late 80s, early 90s game, um, there's absolutely no ejection, not even a question in today's game. You know, they hand out flagrant ones, twos, ejections, like, you know, nobody's business. Jokic just said he was going for a, you know, a hard foul to kind of change the tone, um, you know, maybe intimidation factor or something, just trying anything uh, to get him over the hump. And I, I didn't have a problem with it, and it all but sealed the series right there. You know, not that the Suns were really in danger of losing it, but uh, Jokic out in the third, I mean, that's impossible to overcome. So I didn't mind him, you know, trying to set the tone there. Um, I, I love that kind of basketball. I wish – I wish it was still allowed, uh, like the old days, like we used to like. I I agree 100%. I thought he was obviously frustrated, but he was trying to set an example. And the referees just uh, didn't see it that way. Thad, I'll ask you. I think I know the answer. If that's LeBron James, is he getting tossed? Oh, absolutely not. If that's LeBron James, they're maybe calling a flagrant one, if that. Um I think the biggest reason uh, he did get ejected is I was watching this morning. I was watching Nick Wright and uh, Chris Bassard, and they say the biggest reason is he cocked back so far and came over the top and fouled when he did hit him, and he hit him right on the top of the nose. Um, And the refs, player endangerment and all that kind of stuff that goes into Flaker 2, ejection, all that. So that's what they were saying. Um, do I agree with it? I I don't like that style of basketball. I'm a Garrett. I definitely like the 80, 80s, 90s, the hard ball. Like, it was just a lot more entertaining. I even saw Ja Morant. Uh, he even said the league's soft for, for calling that or ejecting him. Like he, Garrett said, he was just trying to set the tone. Um, I think that if, if that was any other star player, if that was Harden, Durant, Kyrie, LeBron, they're not getting ejected. So I just don't think Jokic got the respect that he deserves as the league MVP. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah, it's funny you brought up the John Morant because that's, that's how I was going to end this segment with League Soft, which I thought was just uh, very fitting. Um I did have a few other things I wanted to talk about. We had some, you know, news today about D'Antoni interviewed today for the Blazers job. If he was to get that, he'd be the third oldest coach and head coach in NBA history uh, behind um, Greg Popovich and Hubie Brown. Um, also expected to interview this week is Becky Hammond and Chauncey Billups and Don Staley who is the head coach of the uh, women's USA team and South Carolina women's basketball. Um, 
We also heard today that the Lakers gave permission for Orlando to interview Jason Kidd, um, which I just don't understand why Kidd would turn down Portland and want to go to Orlando. I know the potential's there, but maybe we can, if nothing's been decided uh, by next week, maybe we can discuss some of that. But uh, let's go ahead and let's get started with our uh, sixth pick draft. Um, Aaron is not going to be joining us today, so more pickings for us. If I remember the draft order correctly, um, it's going to be Danny, Thaddeus, Garrett, and then myself. We are going to draft five players from the pool of 31 players that have been drafted sixth overall from 1990 to 2020, the last 30 years of sixth overall picks. So, Danny, you've had time to think about it. You're on the clock with the first overall pick in the NBA PTF sixth overall pick draft. Who are you picking? Pretty obvious pick, uh, Damian Lillard, Dave. It's it's hard to argue with uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, probably the uh, – not probably. I, I believe that that's the best choice you could have made and probably the best player in this entire draft. Um, so good pick there. Uh, no one can argue with that. Um, Thad, you're up next. Who are you picking number two overall? I'm picking, picking Brandon Roy. Interesting choice. I really liked Brandon Roy. Um, I think he had a great career, and it was just cut short due to his knee injuries. I agree. He definitely also makes that you know all what if team. Um, man, good. That's an interesting choice, uh, but I like it. I like Brandon Roy. Garrett, number three. Um, this one was fairly easy for me. I'm going to take Antoine Walker. He's a champ, three time All Star. And Kentucky Wildcats, so that was All right, uh, good pick. Um, my, uh, I'm honestly kind of surprised this guy um, made it to me. Um, I'll let you guys give your, you know, your thoughts here, but I'm going Shane Batty at fourth. Um, almost 1,000 games played. He had a 13-year uh, career. Or, I'm sorry. I like it, Dave. That's solid. 14-year career, two-time champ, all-defensive player, all-rookie. I was yeah, really hoping he was going to get back to me. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go ahead and snake draft this. So uh, after Shane Battier, um, mm, it's tough. I just didn't pick Shane because he wasn't an all-star or anything, but he's a great player. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Gallinari. For the fifth, for the fifth pick, um, he, obviously he's still going. Could potentially uh, get to the finals here with the Hawks, but a career sixteen-point scorer and five rebounds. Um, be, you know, a big part of that Carmelo trade, maybe the focal point of that trade. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Gallo there at number five. Uh, Garrett, go ahead. Maybe a little surprise here. He was a little underrated, I honestly think. But I'm going to go with Chris Kamen. He was an all-star in 2010. Um, a solid big man that could be relied on. And I think. Yeah, I really like the caveman. Uh, good play. Uh, good I pick. <laughs> I used to play at the Clippers all the time in NBA 2K <laughs> just because of Chris. Yeah, the, the one-time all-star. Um, 
a solid uh, 2009 and 10 campaign, 19 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, 2007, 2008, he had 16 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, one of the few double-digit scorers uh, for his career in this uh, sixth overall pick uh, draft here. So, yeah, good pick. Uh, Thad, who you got next? I'm going to butcher this guy's name, <clears throat> but I'm going with Tom. Tom Gugliotta. Gugliotta. Man, yep. I really wanted to pick Tom. I was hoping he was going <laughs> to fall down the man. That is a big fan. <laughs> the Gugliotta, man. Uh, you know his nickname, Thad. Googs. What's that? The Googs? Googs. Kind of reminds yep. me of the Goo- Gulag and Warzone. That's why I picked him. <laughs> uh, played, a solid seven different teams, average a thirteen point game scoring average and seven point three rebounds. And he was yep. an all star one year. A one year all star, yeah. Twenty points, nine rebounds. Followed up another twenty and nine the next season, but was overlooked as an all star. Uh, I think he got hurt that year though, so that may have been why he wasn't an all star, but yeah, super underrated role player, journeyman, thirteen and seven. Man, I'm sure anybody would love to take those numbers. Dan, you got back to back picks here. Who are you picking? Uh two of my favorite college players, Dave. I uh I'm gonna go with uh Buddy Heald out of Oklahoma, another guard. All right, good pick. Still got a lot to prove, a lot of trade talk for him coming up this offseason. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna next? go with Calvert Chaney. I knew you were going Calvert Chaney. Mm-hmm. The IU connection. Absolutely, Dave. All right, Thad, we're back to you. Who you got? I got to do it. Uh, I don't know if Garrett would pick him next, but I think he would pick him at some point. But I want him on my team. I'm going Willie Cauley-Stein for my third pick. Willie Cauley-Stein. I'm surprised we didn't go Nerlens. Yeah, I just I like Stein better. All right, Garrett, what are you thinking? Um, so when we first talked about this, I was kind of going off position, so I would go Nerlens next, but I'm not going to because I already have a center. So I'm going to take the one-time All-Star Wally Zerbiak. Ah, one spot ahead of me. And yeah, Wally Zerbiak, uh, great play, 14 points per game for a career. Uh, yeah, one-time All-Star, but man, he uh, had some great seasons. I mean, he had that year he went in from Boston to Minnesota where he was averaging 20. Um, yeah, just uh, a really solid player to come out of the sixth slot. Um, all right, well, I guess that leaves me next for my next two picks. And, uh, man, I really wanted Wally Zerbiak. That sucks. Um, I got to go big country. Uh, another guy where what if the injuries weren't there? Face of the Vancouver Grizzlies. Uh, 12.5 points, 7 rebounds for his career. Um, but he was on a projection, you know, to go somewhere. Those last two seasons where he only averaged, you know, 8 or 9 points a game. Really hurt, but yeah, the face. I'm going face of the uh, the Grizzlies, Mr. Big Country, Bryant Reeves, and then for my uh, next pick after that, 
man. Let's go Marcus Smart. I need some defense. Uh, I know his name's coming up, too, where he's going to be showing up next year, but I'm going to take Marcus Smart for that. I believe these are our last picks, correct? Um, that was your fourth pick, Dave. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Okay, yep. All right. Uh, so, Garrett, go ahead. Um, for my fourth pick, a little bit of a journeyman, but, you know, he was the 13-point-a-game score. I'm going to go Ron Mercer out of Kentucky. Man, I almost picked that him. That was my pick. Marcus Smart, yeah. I almost Dang picked it. Ron Mercer. The former Pacer. Former, 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 a lot of people. The journeyman, you're right. Um, Thad, go ahead. Sorry, guys, that Ron Mercer pick really threw me off. <laughs> you, you picked Marcus Smart, he picked. Ron Mercer, and now I'm lost. Um, we're going to go... Mohamed Bama. Or Bamba. Bamba. <laughs> Mo Bamba. <laughs> that doesn't even know how to pronounce his team. Oh, I'm pick him. <laughs> <laughs> the all non pronunciation team for Thad. <laughs> uh. All right, uh, back on track. Yeah, Mo Bamba had the best year of his career so far eight points a game. Over one block, six rebounds. He definitely needs to rebound more, especially for as big as he is. I think he's still developing into his frame. Uh, but a lot of potential, a lot of upside uh, for him uh, going forward. Thad, you're up – or not Thad. Dan, you're up next. <laughs> Hopefully we get that next. <laughs> um, I'm going to go <laughs> with uh, – stick with defense here, Dave, because in some size because we've got a lot of guards. We're pretty set. And I'm going to go with Nerlens Noel. That's a good pick. Uh, I didn't think Nerlens was going to, you know, make it this low. Honestly, um, he's eighth in win shares for this for this uh, group of players, and um, one of the few to you know average over a block and was a block and a half for his career. Eight points, six rebounds, a block and a half. Very solid career for Nerlens. I thought he would. Uh, be a lot better in in the league, but I also feel like he's never was never really given a fair shot. So yeah, I agree with that. All right, Dan, lead us into last round. Let's take us with your last pick here. Oof. There's been a lot of picks out there, Dave. AKA <laughs> 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 Dan doesn't know who's been picked. He's left. <laughs> no, I've got a mark down here. Okay. Oh my uh, god. I'm just trying to struggle. Like, who's even good left on the board? We got Garrett all wound up. 
He's ready. <laughs> I guess just for the name alone, we're going to go with Robert Tractor Trailer, Dave. As going the with the tractor. You got to have a good nickname. I want Big Country. You got to have Tractor. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. All right, Thad. Um, if you need help, it's Onyeku, Okongwu, E. Genlian, and Jan Vesely. <laughs> nope, I'm going with the easiest name on the list, Doug Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a real guy. <laughs> Just so I can say it, Doug Smith. <laughs> nice. Nice, safe pick, Thad. Uh, just a little Doug Smith highlights for you. Uh, only played five years in the league, four of those years with Dallas. Uh, he did have a solid sophomore season, 10 points, five rebounds. And I, uh, but he went to Boston in 95-96, averaged two points. So he was out of the league after that. All right, Garrett, your last pick. Who are you taking? So this pick is totally not based on his NBA career, but I'm pretending I'm drafting him out of college, which is Dewan Wagner. Uh, he oh. was on. He was, had a career. Or he was the type of player to be a multi-time All Star and had injuries and ulcerative colitis. So uh, cut it short, but he was. Yeah, I totally agree. He was supposed to be awesome. His rookie year, he was awesome. Um, but then, yeah, the injuries and then the illness, only playing in 103 games over uh, four seasons, one of uh, five seasons, one of which he set out due to his colitis. Uh, my last pick, I'm going with the sheer potential that this guy has because I think he has the potential to be an all-defensive player, an all-first-team defensive player. It all depends on that knee. So I'm going Jonathan um, Orlando believes in him for his ACL. They still have the max extension. Um, he played since 2020, but that last year he was averaging 12 points, seven rebounds, almost two steals, over two blocks. So, yeah, I'm going Jonathan Isaac. I think he still has uh, something that he's going to uh, bring to my team as uh, the name, the Minister of Defense. A 6'11", power forward, small forward, I'm taking it. So I will uh, compile these teams, and we'll put it out on the page uh, for everybody to look at and vote on. Um, I'm hoping Doug Smith does it for you, Thad. MVP of my team right there. <laughs> for his name alone. Um so yeah, uh, I want to I want to try and do this, you know, uh, until the draft. So next week, uh, Monday or Tuesday, um, we'll do the fives and the fours and the threes and the twos and then the ones. So that's the plan. Um, anybody uh, have anything that they wanted to discuss before we sign off here, Dan? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe come back. Predictions right. for tonight's games? Do we already do that? Yeah, um, I'm going uh, Hawks and Jazz. That's those are my picks for tonight. What's yours, Thad? Uh, Clippers. I think they win. Honestly, I think the Sixers and Hawks game is going to be good. 
I could see Atlanta winning at home to go back to Philly, but I'm still going to go Sixers. Dan? Hawks and uh, Clippers. I'll see them both tie up the series. And Garrett? I like the Clippers. Um, I just read a thing that they're going to have Paul George running the point more, maybe be more of a facilitator, get into the offense. And I think the Hawks are going to jump out to a lead with the home crowd, but I think the Sixers will wear them down. Yep, I like it. Good takes. Um, Yeah, I'll get this published tomorrow. As always, catch us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and now Spotify at NBAPTF. And don't forget to vote uh, on our teams. Let us know who drafted the best sixth Mohammed Bamba. Alright guys, it was fun and I will talk to you all soon. Have a good one. Later. In this way,